0: As I said earlier, we're uh, we're wrapping up what has been 40 days of prayer. And as a leadership team, as we were thinking about, God, what do you have for us as we we enter into a new calendar year? We felt like it was really important that we we ground the new year, that we ground ourselves and root ourselves in prayer, sustained prayer that was corporate, not, not only just our personal prayer, but our corporate prayer. And so we've spent the last six weeks uh, in prayer, in, in kind of different levels of focus, we started at the, at the core with our personal lives, really that first week bringing our personal lives before God in prayer, recognizing we have to start there. Everything that's our outer world has to be rooted into our own lives held before God with an with invitation that he would do what he wants to do both in us and through us. So we started with personal prayer. And from there, we rippled out to praying for our home lives, the most immediate spheres of influence. We prayed for our, our then we went to our, our, our church life, and then to our, our city, and then our nation, and then most recently to our world. And um, as we close this out, that's been the last six weeks. Uh, what we want to do today is, is to share some stories uh, because we want to encourage one another that God is at work. And here's what I want to promise you. If you prayed any prayer during that last 40 days, some of you, you, you know, you hit every day and you, you read every devotion, listened to every devotion, probably not all of you. In fact, I'm going to guess it wasn't the majority, and that's okay. Because it's not about perfection, it's about devotion. It's about inviting God into a place of prayer. And if you prayed any prayer during this 40 days, Here's, here is what I'm confident of that God heard that prayer and God will do something with it. That, that even the little prayers that were dribbled out over your, <laughs> over your chin and seemed to like not even like head upward. God hears prayer. That is the testimony of scripture. And it's the testimony of our experience. That, that God hears prayer. Not one prayer is wasted. We don't always see the results that we, that we thought we were praying for. Sometimes we pray and we, we have a specific outcome in mind. We don't always get the outcomes that we were asking for. And not one prayer is wasted. God hears prayer and he answers. Sometimes what he does is at a different timeline than what we expected. Sometimes he does things in ways that are much deeper and better than we expected. In fact, I'll say this. One of the, 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 the shaping anchors in my life is that I've got a few prayers that I prayed out where I I had specific outcomes in mind of what I thought God would do in response to that prayer. And God did something different that still honored the heart of what I was praying. He just had something so much better in mind that I could have even known to ask for. And in his goodness, that's exactly what he does. And so I want to encourage you that not one prayer has been wasted. Not one prayer has gone unheard. We have a God who is faithful and attentive and able to, to hear every single prayer and respond. In light of that, we're, we're going to share a few stories uh, of where we've seen some answered prayer, where we've seen people step out in greater risk this morning, or, or this, in this series. And uh, to, to anchor this, I'm just going to read a passage. I'm not going to teach this, but I just want to anchor this into the, the practice of the early church. And so in Acts 14, Acts 14 is a story that, that is sharing about one of Paul's missionary journeys. You know, we, we have lots of stories about the Apostle Paul. Uh, he took three extended missionary journeys. They were like years long. The first, and each one got longer. You know, we take missionary trips sometimes that are measured in days, seven days, 10 days, you know, two weeks. And, and those are long for us. Paul went on missionary journeys. The first one was from 46 to 48 AD, three years. The next one was 49 to 52, four years. The next one was 53 to 57. It was five years. And, and so, so he did all these journeys, but what would happen? He had this rhythm. He would be sent out by, he had a church, just like we have partnerships. We have partnerships with vineyard churches. And you know, again, Salem, Ukraine, you know, we've got partnerships in, uh, from the Grand Junction Vineyard that's now Myanmar. There was a Syrian, Syrian Antioch had a, had a church that was ascending church. They sent people out. They were a generous church. They took up offerings and sent them out. They sent them with Paul. They sent them to Jerusalem. But whenever Paul and Barnabas or whoever his ministry team, when they would come back to the church, they would report, here's what God did while we were out. You sent us with prayer. You sent us with resources. Here's what God did. The church would celebrate that. They would, they would praise God and thank God for what God did and that they got to be a part of it. And then they would start it all over. They'd say, well, Paul, get some rest, and you're heading back out in three months, all right? So here's, here's just one example of that, Acts 14. Finally, they, meaning Paul and Barnabas, they returned by ship to Antioch of Syria where their journey had begun. That was the Syrian Antioch church that was so, such an important sending church in the first century. Uh, the believers there had entrusted them to the grace of God to do the work that they had now completed. Upon arriving in Antioch, they called the church together and they reported everything that God had done through them and how he'd opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. That was to a previously unreached people group. And they stayed there with the believers for a long time. So that said, I'm going to invite a few people up to share some stories, uh, just members of our spiritual family. I'm going to start with Cora. Uh, Cora, I saw you slide in here. Would you come up here? Would you guys welcome Cora? Full duty today. She's she and her husband are working in the children's ministry, serving in the children's ministry. But she stepped out for just a moment to share with us, and then she's got to get back. Your kids are being watched. There's other adults. <laughs> she left them with. Even though Jerry's.
1: In
2: here,
0: <laughs> yeah, in here. yeah, but they're they're good. Okay, so anyway, here's would you guys. Welcome, Cora.
2: Hi, everybody. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm one of the. Uh, a receptionist that works at the front desk for the church and about two three months ago I felt that the Lord was telling me that he was going to use me uh, differently in how he had been using me there and um, so I um, just started to say okay God um, whatever you have whatever you want me to do I'm giving you my yes and a couple weeks ago I got a call from a lady named Sandy and she said that she had some items that she wanted to donate to the church they're large items and um, so as she was sharing that with me, I hesitated and I was trying to figure out which ministry um, I should um, transfer her over to. But then I felt like I wasn't supposed to do that. And then she said, um, please don't tell me no. I've called several churches and they have told me that no, they cannot take these items. And so um, I was determined not to say no to her. And so God brought soda pastor soda to my mind and so, I told her that I would call her back after I spoke with him. And uh, a couple minutes later, so Pastor Soda walked by, and so I let him know about this lady who had these items to donate. And he reminded me of a conversation that we had had uh, the week prior about a woman in his church that um, a single mom with four kids moving into an apartment, and she definitely could use those items and so I was excited because I sensed that, you know, God was was doing this. And so um, I called her back, left a message on her voicemail. And everybody that knows me knows that I'm a very detailed person. And I like to talk a lot. So I left her this lengthy message. And um, so she called me back. And then um, she was really excited and, and uh, uh, sharing with me that um, in 1971, 72, 73, she and her family lived in um, Myanmar, which was Burma at the time. And so with that, I was telling her about Pastor Soda and how he pastors a Myanmar church here on our campus. And so both of us just chatted for a few minutes, and we, we were just so excited knowing that this was God's story, that he was unfolding his plan before us and that we got to participate. And so it was just a good reminder to me that when we say yes to God, he will use us we
0: were Jerry after week we were praying for the city and we sent people and said hey if you go out to dinner you know maybe consider a, a garden city restaurant i got a text from your husband that day and he said hey we went to wepa cafe that was on yes. the list and we we got to pray with some of the the team there yes. can you share about that yes. quickly
2: and so this is the bookmarks that Pastor Trevor had put out. I don't know if you guys got one, but you need to. So we've already visited three of these restaurants. So that Sunday we went, and one of the things that we have done for, I don't know, 10, 15 plus years is when we go to a restaurant, we always make sure that we get to know who the person is, their name, and we engage with them. And then we just wait for that opportunity to ask them how we can pray. And we've done that more times than not. And we've had amazing, amazing um, opportunities to pray for people and just see how what what God is doing and how He's worked. And so anyway, this particular Sunday we um, we uh, t- Jerry actually asked the waitress how he could pray for her. And um, she said she was okay, but um, Jerry just went ahead and prayed a prayer blessing over her. And then the owner came by a couple minutes later, and Jerry asked him the same thing. How could he pray for him? And he said, "Oh, I'm really good. I've got good vibes. everything's okay. And so, um, but Jerry just went ahead and prayed a prayer of uh, blessing over him, protection for his um, business, and that his business would prosper.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you, Cora. If you're on campus, as you leave in both vestibules, there's a little cart that has some resources on it and it has those bookmarks for Garden City businesses. We just encourage you, if you're using, if you're going to use a business anyway, use a Garden City one and let them know you did that because you're part of a church that loves Garden City and that we want to see Garden City. Succeed in every way. And there's a little, there's little six pack of, of cards, invitation cards, along with that basket. And some of those are just invite cards to say, hey, you know, I'm part of a church here in Garden City. The others explain our heart. They're, they're actually Garden City specific. So uh, thank you, Cora. Uh, Willie, where's Willie? Could you come up? You guys welcome Willie.
3: Sorry. Uh, a few weeks back, a uh, pastor uh, uh, preached and he, he gave out these uh, commissions to uh, heal. And, uh, and I went and filled it out. And I was moved by, by the service. And it says, Jesus speaking, I hereby commission Willie with power and authority to bring God's healing will from heaven into the circumstances he will encounter here on earth today. Heal the sick, free the enslaved, welcome the stranger, love the unlovable. So uh, that next morning, uh, I went over, drove my bike to a coffee shop and forgot that I prayed this, uh, kind of oblivious, and sat down. And a uh, table crossed for me was uh, an older gentleman, and the Lord allowed me to feel his feelings. It was despair. And I thought, Whoa. This is this. Th- that's there. Th- I got to get on that table. And so I got my, myself to get it. sit on that table, and I sat down and said hello. And then he got up and said, I have an appointment. I have to leave, see ya. But then the next day, um, I was helping. Um, I was with Don and Ann and Pastor Sharon, and we were helping uh, a lady, uh, Lisa, move. And so, you know, it was just moving, helping, moving things around, you know, it's kind of normal. And, uh, and we were all done. And then, and then it hit me again. It's like, wait a minute, this is God might do something here. So, uh, so I asked Lisa, uh, can I pray? Can we pray for you? And, uh, she had been, she had a bad, uh, her back was hurting because of the move. And uh, so we all prayed for her and, and she said her, her back did feel better. And then, uh, and then two days later, uh, I'm riding my bike over to a new coffee shop, walk in. Soon as I open the door, the, uh, the lady running the place says, we have an emergency. Uh, we're going we're gonna to shut down really soon. But you can come in, order your coffee, sit down. But then when we shut down, you'll have to leave. And I said, OK. But this time, immediately in my mind, I was thinking, emergency, that's Jesus all over. And uh, so I thought, okay, I'll get my coffee. I'll sit here and I'll just see what happens. And uh, uh, when I got up to leave, we involved in small talk. And uh, she had mentioned that the uh, emergency was all over now. But she did mention that uh, because of a, a childhood bout of pneumonia, her lungs were scarred. And uh, she can't bike the way she really wants to. And I said, uh, well, Jesus can heal your lungs right now if if I can pray for you. And she said, no, that, that's okay. That, that's clearly impossible. My lungs are scarred. And I said, well, Jesus can heal you. And, uh, but she was adamant. And I said, no problem. And, and so I, I went ahead and left. But, uh, but anyway, those are three regular circumstances that doesn't normally happen to me that happened. And I think it was an answer to, to prayer and God was opening opportunity. That's awesome.
0: Thank you, Willie. If you didn't get one of those commissioned to heal cards those are also in the vestibules um, here on campus out by the the little baskets out there uh, I love that story because um because Willie stepped out in risk and you know what we sometimes we uh, here's what I've, I've I've had this experience where I feel like oh somebody's got a situation and I could pray for that but what if God doesn't do anything And I start in these like mental gymnastics about, well, what if he doesn't heal, what if he does heal? Here's what I can promise you: if you don't pray 100 percent of the time, they're not going to get healed you know, without you praying. And when we do pray, sometimes God does heal, and sometimes the healing isn't always the physical thing we're praying for. It's, a, it's a, people receive love. And having received love is a powerful part of being healed. So um, we want to celebrate those stories when somebody steps out and risk. And, and receives that commission to bring heaven on earth in, through their lives, through their everyday normal lives. Not just here on campus, not just here on Sunday, but just coffee shops. Like Willie's got a coffee shop ministry. <laughs> I like that ministry. So uh, let's see. Sharon Pryor, would you come up, Sharon? Please welcome Sharon.
4: When you first mentioned 40 days of prayer, you challenged us to uh, amp up our prayer life, to do something that would amp up our prayer life. And I thought, well, for me, that probably should be fasting sugar because that's my favorite food. So I started out on a sugar fast. Meanwhile, I've been having the worst migraines I've ever had in my life. Um, one lasted 12 nights in a row. One was eight nights in a row. But, and I've been working with three different doctors, barely progressing. And I noticed that the migraines ceased as I stopped eating sugar and I realized that I was getting the healing that I needed as I was trying to amp up my prayer life which I think is amazing way God works without us knowing what he's up to so last Monday morning I needed a clear word from the Lord I have a call to the world the call to go to the world has been on hold for two years but recently I felt a stirring to go to Israel with the idea being to visit a longtime friend who lives there. Anytime you mention going to Israel, people caution you that it's not safe. Esther and I regularly went to places through the years that the news called unsafe, but traveling alone and going this time, I needed specific scripture. I prayed and asked for it through the night, last Sunday night. Monday morning, I picked up my stack of Bibles and devotionals to begin the search. I started with 40 days of prayer. Monday, February 21st, said Matthew 28, 8 to 20. The title was sent into the wide world. I laughed out loud. Eagerly, I opened to Matthew 28. This is what verse 10 said in the Passion Translation. Then Jesus said to them, throw off all your fears. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. They will find me there. My friend Hanna lives in Galilee. I bought a ticket that day. <laughs> Hanna is an intercessor and she tells me there's a soberness over the land for a variety of reasons. Israel just opened up a week ago after a two-year COVID shutdown. I'm looking forward to having new insights into the move of God that's taking place there. And I'm looking forward to a fresh encounter with Jesus because the verse says, they will find me there. Mm -hmm. I am steadfastly moving forward in spite of wars and rumors of wars because the verse said to throw off all your fears. I fly out in 17 days for a 12-day trip. I'd appreciate your prayers and I encourage you to seek the Lord for the answers you need
0: when Sharon told me that story I just I loved the fact that she was she was just engaging in the 40 days of prayer that that God put on our hearts to do and God had orchestrated that so that the the scripture for that day was exactly answering the that she was asking personally about about her own missional life and God sending her to the world. So that's beautiful. Joy, do you want to come up next? Let's you'd welcome Joy Lewis. Normally you know Joy as our keyboard player, faithful, one of our faithful worship leaders here. Um, Today you get to hear from her. Thank you so
5: much. Okay. I believe in the power of testimony. When we share about what God has done, we know that he's faithful to do it again. When Jesus healed the man who had the demon in him, he said, go home and declare about all the things that God has done for you. And he tells us time and time again in his word to go and share about all the great things. And so I'm here to tell you a story today. My friend, Sarah, got COVID a couple weeks before Christmas. And our seventh graders are in school together. Symptoms were getting really worse until she ended up in the ICU, and she had blood clots in her lungs and in her legs. She had inflammation, and she was having a lot of trouble breathing. And her doctor said that he was just trying to save her life, just trying to help her breathe through the night, but it was getting really bad, and she should call her dad and her brother to come and fly and be with her. I found out that night how bad everything was getting. And some friends and I were sending text messages to our other friends at the school to start to pray. And I started sharing it with other people, too. Her dad told me that when he got the call, he remembers being in the airport. And in his mind, he was planning a funeral. God reminded him of the scripture that he'd been in the previous week in Hebrews. And he'd read it a 100 times before. But it was all about praying, not in fear, but praying in faith. The assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. God highlighted it so powerfully, and he heard God saying, she's not dead yet. He began to believe, and he began to pray differently. Sarah told me that night she could feel the prayers. She could feel it in her body, and she could feel that she was starting to breathe a little bit more easily, and she said that it was undeniable. She felt a huge shift. And there were so many pockets of people praying for her. It came the next morning and prayed in the chapel with Trevor and my parents and other people from the prayer team, the worship team was praying, her church here was praying, her dad's church was praying, my mom's friends in the Midwest were praying, I don't even know how far it spread. Not even a week after that, Sarah was released from the hospital. The hospital beds were all full, and she was still struggling to breathe, but they felt like she was breathing well enough to send her home, and she wanted to get out of there as fast as she could. When she left the ICU, she saw the same guard who had admitted her when she first got there, and he was giving her all of her things. And he said, almost nobody who's coming into the ICU right now is coming out alive. She had a narrow escape from death. There are times when God asks us to just stop everything, to pray, to worship, to believe in his goodness, to believe in his faithfulness. We pray big prayers, and sometimes the answer is yes. Thank you, Jesus, for saving a mother, a daughter, a friend. We ask you to do it again.
0: Thank you, Joy. All right, we have one last story this morning. I'm going to ask Steve Wolford to come up. Would you guys welcome Steve
6: Thank you. We share these stories for at least three good reasons, right? One is in Revelation 12, we see that the enemy is cast down by the blood of the lamb, by the word of the testimony of the saints, and that they didn't fear death for Jesus Christ. Another good reason that is it increases our faith. This morning, my faith is increased by these stories. And thirdly, it just gives God more glory, all the glory he deserves so I thank God for the stories that he gives us as we walk with him by faith and not by sight. I'm glad to be part of a small group that prays. And a few weeks ago, we were going around the room sharing prayer requests, and I said, I want to pray for Wendell, my friend Wendell. And he, he gave me permission to use his name today. He's a man that has no home. that has been bouncing between homeless shelters. God brought us together miraculously. Six months ago, we've been walking together. This man has a faith in Jesus despite everything that he's been experiencing in his life. And I've been watching him grow by faith. And it's been encouraging. But January 12th, I lost contact with him. I was supposed to meet him downtown and he didn't appear and no answer on his phone. And I began to be concerned because I knew some of the challenges he was facing. But we continued to pray as we have been praying for Wendell. And we prayed and we prayed. And after two weeks, I felt the Spirit just lead me to go downtown and to look for him. So I went. I did grid patterns downtown, just driving, praying, looking for Wendell. I called the police. The police were very helpful. They put me into contact with other people. at St. Alphonsus. They put me into contact with shelters. They told me finally that They'd located where he had last been just the night before, that he was still alive. And so I went down again a week later and I walked through the shelters yet again, all the shelters, just looking for Wendell, praying for Wendell. And at the end of it, didn't find him. But trusting, I had a peace that God was in control. I had a peace that whatever Wendell was experiencing, he needed to experience in his journey with God. So we were trusting. And that night at our small group, I just said, hey, could we pray for Wendell? And I shared the story. And I'm thankful for the faith in our group. And Ralph, our leader, just said, let's pray. He began to pray. And he said, we're going to pray that Wendell calls Steve right now. And I tell you that night, I admit I only had about 50% faith. More than a mustard seed, but only about 50% faith. And I took my phone and I turned it over and I put it beside my Bible. And we began to pray. And after about 20 minutes of praying for Wendell and praying for other things, we were still in prayer and my phone rang. Just went... After most of a month, there was such a celebration in that room. I went out and I talked to Wendell and I listened to his story. Every time I'm with Wendell, we experience miracles. Every time. And every time I get back with him, he tells me what he's been through during the week. And the enemy is just trying to claw him down. <laughs> and so we pray. And I told him, Wendell, there's a room of people have been praying for you right now. And he said, I just found your number in the cloud. I've been looking for it. I lost my phone. It got ripped off last month. And I don't know your number. And I've been looking for you. And I told him, I've been looking for you too. And I don't have time to tell you all his story, but it involved an ambulance and 12 months, there are 12 months, 12 minutes of trying to revive him. It involved a hospital stay, involved a treatment center. But he still had faith. And he told me the story of how God had been with him and revealed himself to him throughout that journey. And so we praise God. We praise God for answered prayer. We praise God for these precious people who need our prayer. You know, Bill Johnson said that the key to restored cities is how we value broken people. And part of how we value broken people, a big part of how we value broken people, is we pray for them. We intercede for them. So I want to encourage you with that today. There's no mistake that we ended the 40 days of prayer yesterday with Psalm 61. That's our call, brothers and sisters. That's our call. God wants to use you and me through the power of the Holy Spirit to lift off the mantle of heaviness, to turn ashes into beauty as we preach the gospel of Jesus, who the Holy Spirit is preparing to receive what we have to share with him. And we mix it with prayer, prayer, prayer. And Wendell is an oak of righteousness planted for the splendor of God's glory. And he will, he will rebuild the walls of his city. That's a promise. That's a promise. So I encourage you today, don't stop praying. Don't stop sitting and listening. Don't stop spending time with your God and getting to know him deeper. We don't live to tell stories. We live for him. We live to obey him. We live to take the good news that the mantle of heaviness be lifted. The oaks of righteousness will spring up for the splendor of his glory. In Jesus' name.
0: When I grow up, I want to be like Steve. That man has a compassionate heart for people, and he walks it out. And I love that story. I I got to hear that story as it was playing out as I would run into Steve here on campus at different times and he'd share, he was looking for Wendell. He's like, we lost him. I can't find him. And he's crying, like just broken heart. And um, to hear the culmination of that story it happened in their life group was just amazing. You know, um, here's the thing, church. We are ordinary people who serve and worship an extraordinary God. And we partner with him by stepping out in faith, by stepping out in obedience, by, by risking in, in times where it's like this feels like we don't know what's going to happen. We partner with him with our generosity. We partner with him in prayer. But it's all about an extraordinary God. He gets all the glory. We just get to be a part of it, and we get to celebrate that. So I'm going to invite Pastor Brent to come up. He's going to close out our time this morning and, um, and just allow us help us to turn um, these stories into uh, our... Our celebration.
7: Thanks, Trevor. Make me talk after Steve. Tell you what. Shoot. God's doing something. Can you can you feel that God's at work? Let's stand up together. God's been talking to me a lot lately about foundations. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. He says, give thanks to God in all circumstances. Do not quench the spirit. Those go together. Being thankful, expressing thanks. Is like breaking down any hindrance of the Holy Spirit in your life. You know, for us as a church, we just really felt like this year we were supposed to begin the year with 40 days of prayer. I wanted like 20 days, but they didn't go for that. I'm just kidding. I was 21. I wanted to be more spiritual or something. So how do we end this? How do you end 40 days seeking God? You celebrate. You thank him. You say, thank you. You say thank you for Wendell. You say thank you for healing a mom. You say thank you for the good things that you've done. You say thank you for leading me into a coffee shop to share the gospel. You say thank you for prayers that have been prayed all over this city that would not have been without us dedicating this time to Jesus. Psalm 9 verse 1 says, I give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I'll tell of your wonderful deeds. I'm going to give you thanks and tell about what you've done. Daniel chapter 2 verse 23 says, I thank and praise you God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power and you have made known to me what we asked of you. Why did he give thanks? You gave me wisdom. God, you gave me power and you told me what I was asking. Like Sharon today, Lord, I I was asking, you told me, you gave me the answer, you gave me wisdom, so I thank you. That was Daniel's example. He also said, you made known to us the dream of the king. See, he was asking God for something really specific, and then when God gave it to him, he gave thanks and praised God for it. Philippians chapter 4 says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God and listen, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. When we pray, when we seek his face, when we press into a season of prayer like this, how many of you experienced greater peace in your life? Yeah, I've heard the stories. We experience the peace of God. Psalm 107 says, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful works for mankind. Let them sacrifice thank offerings. We're going to just praise the Lord and give thanks in just a minute, but some of you might just feel like you need to do something more to give thanks for what's happened. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit to do that. Follow his leading to do that. That's biblical. It says, "Tell of his works with songs of joy." In Ezra chapter three, verses eleven through thirteen, there's this there's this really interesting little story, where Ezra gets he's sent back to to begin rebuilding the city and begin begin rebuilding the temple, and uh, there's a there's a lot of drama and a lot of people finally show up to help him out and. When it all is said and done, they begin laying. The Bible says they begin to lay the foundations in Ezra chapter 3. And it said they're laying the foundation of the temple of the Lord that's been gone for half a century at this point. They're rebuilding something that's half a century old in worship and adoration to God. And what happens? They lay the foundation. They just, they put in all of the stones for the foundation and it takes them some time. But once they get all of the foundation laid, the Bible says in Ezra chapter three that when they laid the last corner of just the foundation, listen to this, they lay the corner of the foundation and they get everybody together to worship. They get everyone together. It says that they sent the priests to their places that were appointed by David to praise And they sent the the singers to their place to to give thanks. And then they call all the people together just to gather around. The Listen, the temple's not built yet. There's not an altar yet. No sacrifices made. All they did was lay the foundation. And when they got the last piece in place, they gathered together. And this is what it says. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. They sang, he is good. This is what they sang, quote, He is good. His love endures forever. Listen to this. All the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Not the whole thing, because the foundation was laid. The foundation of our year here at Vineyard Boise has been laid with prayer. We have sought the Lord. We have said, God, we need you. God, we're crying out to you. God, we humble ourselves before you. And for this time, we're setting aside to dedicate this year to you in prayer. And so the foundation of the year 2022 has been laid for Vineyard Boise in prayer. Now we're going to see what God is going to do. Amen? Amen. And this morning we celebrate the goodness of God with all that he's just begun to do. Because you see the healing, the miracles, the faith, the peace, the joy that's happening even in our lives and in our homes and in our families has only begun because this is just the foundation. And so what I want to encourage us to do today, five people shared. I want you to think back through what those five people shared. And I want us to rejoice in thanksgiving for one of those things. You just pick whichever one because here's what I believe. This year, this year, God is going to do something incredible in this family because we're giving thanks to him right now for what he's begun. Just the foundation's been laid. The miracles that we've seen, they're just the foundation. The hope that we've seen, the joy that we've seen, the peace that we've seen, the wisdom, the direction, the dreams, the vision. That's just the foundation of what's going to happen in our lives as a family this year at Vineyard Boise. And so we're gonna give thanks to God for the foundation. We're gonna give thanks to God for his goodness, for his kindness, for his deeds that he's done. We're going to give thanks to God. And here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna lift up our voice like they did in Ezra. Like Daniel said, as an example for us, we're going to pray out loud to God. We're going to thank him out loud with our words of prayer, because it's important that we speak it out. And today there's going to be words of thanksgiving, words of praise, and everybody's going to do it. So you can just, you don't have to feel awkward because we're all going to do it. We're all going to say, thank you, God, for what he has done. For, the, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your loving kindness, for your wisdom, for dreams, visions, healing, miracles. We are going to begin to thank Him right now. And what's going to happen in this year, something is shifting monumentally in the heavens over Vineyard Boise today. Not because of anything we've done. We just leaned into what God's doing. Listen, it's his kingdom come, his will be done. Not mine, not yours, not ours. It's his kingdom come, his will be done. All we're doing is asking what that is. We're asking what the will of God is. In a coffee shop, we're asking what the kingdom of God looks like in Wendell's life. We're asking what the kingdom of God looks like in direction for our lives. That's all we're doing. And then we're partnering with him in faith. We're partnering it with him in prayer. So I'm going to lead us in prayer. But really, we're all just gonna lift up our own prayers to him in thanksgiving. That's why I want you to thank God for something and say, God, do it again. That was our prayer last year, right? Do it again. So we're gonna ask him and we're going to say, Lord, do it again in our day, in our time, as, we, as the foundations of our church are, are restored. Would you, God, do it again in our time? All right, are you ready? Okay. I'm going to lead us out and I want you just to lift up your voice and say, thank you, God. Are you ready? God today, we thank you. Come on, just lift up your voice. God, we thank you for miracles, for signs, for wonders, for movements of faith in our own hearts and in our own lives, in our own families, in our own homes. Thank you for healing people's bodies. Thank you for healing people's minds. Thank you for the gospel going out all over this city. Thank you for garden city. Thank you for the work that you're doing in Garden City. Thank you for revival in Garden City. Thank you for revival in the Treasure Valley. Thank you that it's happening in coffee shops, in restaurants, in local businesses, all over our city. Thank you for the work you're doing. Now just lift up your voice and give thanks to God for things. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. Lift up your voice. Your mercy endures forever, God. You're so good. You're so wonderful, and the works that you're doing—who can even know them, God? We're so thankful for what you're doing, God.
1: I've got my words for sure. I've got nothing new. How could I express all my gratitude? How could I express all my gratitude? All my gratitude. I could sing, I could sing a song as I often do. But every song must end. And you.
7: to him. He's worthy today. God, you are worthy. you You are worthy of our praise, God. Thank you, God. Lord, today we just say yours is the kingdom. Yours is the honor. Yours is the glory today. This morning, I just... We're gonna continue in prayer as we close. If you need prayer for any reason, I want you to come to this altar this morning. There are people filled with faith that are ready to agree with you in prayer. I believe for God to do miracles this morning in your life, in your body, in your family, in your relationships. So would you, if you need prayer for any reason, come on down to the front. The prayer team is ready to pray with you and believe God. And, And then if you, if you have, you just felt faith as we sang to pray over someone, I want you, I want to just release you to come and just pray for people that are coming to the altar to receive from God this morning. God is releasing a faith in this room. God's releasing faith in this room. I I know we need to wrap up but I I we're not we're, we're going to wait just one second. If that's you this morning, you would say I I I need a greater faith for what God's doing. I want you just to stretch out your hands right now where you are. One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is faith. Come Holy Spirit. Would you just say, Lord, give me, give me faith. All over this room, we just I speak faith right now in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit, fill your people with faith right now in the name of Jesus, a greater measure of faith, a greater measure of faith to see you do what only you can do, God. A greater measure of faith right now in the name of Jesus. Receive faith for healing. Receive faith for miracles. Receive faith for revival. Receive faith for the Holy Spirit right now, in Jesus' name. We're just going to stay in this moment. We're, we're dismissed if you, we're dismissed, but we're not done. So I don't encourage you. If if you want to just hang around and see what God wants to do, you just hang out. If you have to go, God bless you. We totally understand, but let's keep what's happening in here. What God's doing. If you want to talk and hang out, head on out to the, one of the lobbies, God bless you. We're just going to press into what God's doing. to speak faith in Jesus name faith over every heart right now in Jesus name while we're pressing in thanks for listening to respond or receive prayer after the live
0: stream closes please email prayer at vineyardboise.org and if possible include your phone number We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.